0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master. The most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all their people at the table. I'm your host, Dungeon Master Mitch, and today we've got a special episode. Something very different than we normally do. In fact, this is kind of a crossover episode with three special guests from a podcast that I love... Zeros Talking Heroes. Let's start off with introductions. Why don't we start it off with... I'm Joe. I'm Corey. I'm Matt. So today we're here to talk about the upcoming D&D movie that we have very little information about, but we're going to be speculating about what it could be and what we want it to be and what is going to make it into a great movie and a great thing for D&D. But before we get into the meat, we've got some five-star reviews. Corey, start us off.
1: This review is entitled Enough Ideas and Advice for A Hundred Campaigns. Five stars from TG Robot. I can't imagine how poorly my first campaign would be going if it hadn't been for this podcast. Thanks to these guys, my encounters are more balanced, my world is more interesting, my plot is both better developed and less restrictive, and my imagination is unleashed. Soon my players will find themselves in the city of Ilithids being sieged by by a one-kilometer gelatinous cube, and they have the DMB to thank Slash Curse for inspiring me. Maybe they'll
0: even meet a food mage. Yes, classic food mage. I to- Matt doesn't know what the food mage is, and I love it.
2: Someone tweet me food mage things so I know what I'm talking about.
0: Thank you, TJ Robot. Matt, we've got another one.
2: My one is entitled, Do You Remember Thacko? by DM and been playing D&D since the early 80s. I started playing and running Redbox, resisted 3rd edition, and only started playing 3.5 after 5 edition was released. I'm just getting into 5e, so I went looking for material and came across this pod. Over the last two months, I've burnt through all 5 episodes and now I'm regretting that I did my time. Now I have to wait for new episodes like everyone else. Great show, plenty of information, and highly addictive.
0: Thank you, DMNKill. Well, Joe, you know what that means. Yes, I do. Let's head into the meat. I'm starving.
1: We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days.
2: Why can't we have some meats? The plate meat back on the menu, boys.
0: (laughs) So for this week on The Meat, like I said, we are doing something completely different than we normally do. But this is something that I th- I think is good for the Dungeon Masters block because we have a Dungeons & Dragons movie, another one, in the making, coming up. And hopefully it's going to be good.
1: I so, think they would call that On the Horizon, match. Yes, Mitch.
0: exactly. Well, let's start this off with, first of all, we need to know who you guys are. So I'm going to ask you a couple interview questions. It's going to be a little bit different because we've got three of you. So... Joe, since you are the head man of Zero's Talking Heroes, why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: I'm the head man of Zero's Talking Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Perfect>.
2: Corey.
1: <laughs> tell us a little about yourself. My name's Corey. I am 30. I'm a Virgo. And I am working on a secret project with the DMs block, so I, n- I know how this Ooh. works.
2: You've said too I much. I will be. I was about to say, I didn't think you were 30 yet. That's yeah, it's close enough. <laughs>
1: Fair. We don't know when this is coming out. Get in
2: the box as easy as you can. (laughs) Matt, tell us a little about yourself. I'm an improv comedian from New York, and sometimes I do Zero's Talking Heroes, and sometimes I do the RPG Academy. And sometimes you do run-on sentences.
0: Joe, since you're the head man of ZTH, why don't you tell our listeners who maybe haven't heard your podcast before, tell us a little bit about what is ZTH, what is Zero's Talking Heroes, and why they would be interested in going and listening to it.
3: Zero's Talking Heroes is a podcast all about reviewing and talking about superhero and comic book movies. So if you have an interest in that genre, we discuss them at length. And we like to consider ourselves kind of knowledgeable and entertaining about the topics. So if there's a particular movie that you enjoy or would like to hear about, there's a decent chance we've already reviewed it. And if we haven't, You could always let us know, and we'd be happy to do it for you at some point. Fantastic.
0: And as we do with all of our guests, we do have a surprise question. So we're going to go around the table. We're going to start with you, Matt. Our surprise question comes from one of our Patreon dragons, DM Pax. And he asks you, he says, you are not an adventurer or a hero. You're a level zero commoner in your world. What is your occupation?
2: I am the blacksmith. I like to forge uh, mostly trowels for the bricklayers union that is heavily prevalent in the city that I am, and uh, sometimes an adventurer comes in and asks me to sharpen an axe, and I'm always like, I'm not equipped for that, but I do it anyway, and I do it with a smile, because secretly, (laughs) I have a big crush on all adventurers.
0: Aw, that's cute, and that is absolutely who you are. (laughs) Corey, what about you?
1: I am a uh, baker's son. I'm not even an adult baker yet. I'm I'm still trying to learn how to bake bread. The
0: the yeast. You're not even the age that you are, oh, Peta. No,
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm I'm Peta. Like I'm still trying to figure out how not to burn the bread. But when I do, I throw it at the girl that I really have
0: a crush on
1: <laughs> in the rain. This
2: one has raisin.
0: Oh, perfect. How about you, Joe?
3: I am a merchant. I don't have the best sales pitch. <laughs> but I'll give you
2: fair goods at a fair price <laughs> this rug was found in some dastardly you know what it's 50 gold do you want it it, it really pulls the room together <laughs> 50 gold are you out of your mind alright 45 <laughs> done 40. perfect done
0: thank you DM Pax that is perfect inspiration already for three new NPCs in all of your worlds out there. Let's start talking about this upcoming D&D movie. But to do that, let's first acknowledge this is not the first D&D movie that's been out there. In fact, we have an episode on Zero's Talking Heroes where I guest, and we talk about the first, yes? Yes. The first D&D movie that was made. And you can go over there and hear our thoughts about that. But I think we can agree that in the past, the D&D movies that have been made have not been good. And they have not really done a lot of good for Dungeons & Dragons in general. So let's acknowledge that first and talk about, for, for those of us who have seen that first movie or movies beyond that, what have they done wrong that we don't want to see in this new movie? Almost everything. <laughs> Started it off strong.
1: <laughs> the biggest thing that was missing from the D&D movie that we, re- that we reviewed on uh, Zero's Talking Heroes, and I th- think we can all agree to this: is that they forget the fact that it's a game. Mm. There, it's it's in this medium, going above the table is crucial. It's crucial to let us know that it's a game. So if there's something campy or if there's something silly that happens, having a break to go above the table to have the DM say, "Really, you're just gonna you're just gonna jump on the other side of the bar," and have the play be like, "Yeah." Yeah, I jump on the other side of the bar. like That's important because that that lets people know that it's a game, that there's control, that there's narrative control by the players. And even if it's a silly idea, a good DM is going to say, there you go, go ahead, jump over the bar. Why not? Athletics check, I guess.
2: I'm realizing officially that I'm in the minority here. As much as I would enjoy to see this above-the-table slash in-the-moment game uh, movie, I seriously just want a straight-up just Dungeons & Dragons movie that is a fantasy movie that has nothing to do with anything except whatever it's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like a Lord of the Rings, but without all the Lord of the Rings. But, okay, don't get me wrong. I love The Princess Bride, and I love Experience Points, which is on YouTube, which is like what you guys are talking about, which is like in the game and then above the table stuff, and it's fantastically done, and I will watch both. But personally, I would rather just be a, a fantasy story.
0: So if you don't agree with Corey then on the things that um he was saying that were done wrong, what are some things that you think they
2: did wrong in the old D and D movies? Uh, CGI, dialogue, acting, story, just just b- story, basically everything. The only thing they did right was the was the progression of the of the narrative, which was convoluted and crazy, and that's the kind of thing that a dungeon master would do.
1: But do you fix those things? when you have the story being told by a group of players. I think you do. You, Matt, Matt, you're a DM, right? Once or twice. Can you tell me,
2: just out of curiosity,
1: what happens when you plan uh, a session?
2: You write some stuff down, and then your players ignore it, and then you throw it out, and you never do it again.
1: <laughs> so would you say that campiness and bad acting and not going along with a plot that makes sense, is specifically a game a game piece. So if you put those above-the-table things, boom, you fix the problem?
2: Yes, if that's what you're going for. No further questions. <laughs> the defense rests. I'm going
1: to
3: split the difference here and say that I could go either way. You could do a movie that has out-of-character moments, like cutaways like in the Lego movie, where we see things happen. <laughs> in the I real world as as the adventure is happening which would be good or you could do a straight up fantasy movie where it just happens to be a Dungeons and Dragons setting where you actually explore more things that the game has to offer as in having more classes and more races be prevalent as opposed to the movie that we watched where they had two thieves a mage and a dwarf that did nothing
2: he ate chicken he did eat chicken
0: so we, we don't need to talk about the bad that much anymore, because I think we can all, like, I mean, Joe, you said it really well, the bar is set very low. <laughs> There's pretty much everything wrong about what's been done already, and you know what, I want to see good CGI, but I want to see good c- CGI. If they don't have money for CGI, then they need to figure something else out. They need to put the money into it, the time, the care. Yeah, I want to talk about I, I want to talk about this more because I do I I do think as well that this would be good for a Lego Lego movie type cutscenes for a Princess Bride type cutscenes. Uh, I think that one of the things that the D and D movie should be trying to accomplish and will be trying to accomplish is getting more people into the game of Dungeons and Dragons. And I think to do that, I want to see on screen how fun a D&D game can be because I know how fun a and d game can be. I want to see... I personally want to see like 12-year-olds sitting around a table playing D&D and then seeing like it fade from like the 12-year-old and then it fades to his character and it being like Vin Diesel all buff and this kid is not a buff kid and starting off with Vin Diesel talking in the kid's voice and then it forming into Vin Diesel's like deep, dark voice and like that's what I want to see so that people go even if they've never heard of Dungeons & Dragons, be like, this is something weird. Like, I need to look more into this.
1: I'm also okay with there only being two above-the-table scenes. One at the very start of the movie, one at the very end. If it started off with a bunch of kids sitting around the table with one guy being like, so you enter the tavern, and then, swoosh, and you're at the tavern, and then the Vin Diesel thing happens, I'm cool with that. I'm also just as okay seeing the big jacked cool guys in society walk into a room and chris hardwick stand at the table or matt mercer stand at the table be like hi guys we're gonna play dungeons and dragons today and like i think that would even be better for young kids that are that want to defend like why they want to get into dnd you're gonna make fun of of me for playing dnd Bro, you saw Fast and Furious, like, yesterday. Your dude, Vin Diesel, loves Dungeons & Dragons. Don't don't try to make fun of me. Like, that's, the fact that people like Vin Diesel are embracing Dungeons & Dragons, like, no, this is great for you. That helps. So let them be face forward, like, in your face. Hey, I love D&D, let me show you why.
0: And let's not forget that, go back not too many years, and comic books were super geeky and only nerds read comic books.
3: Side point, Vin Diesel is rumored to have a role in the new Dungeons & Dragons movie.
0: He better. I'm
2: <laughs> of course. Well, hopefully uh, he will. Joe Manganiello is writing it, apparently, so I, I hope they're both going to be in it. If, that would if a they if
0: they don't have Vin Diesel in it, they've made a huge mistake. If,
1: if if they have a budget of, we're talking 2017 here, where movie budgets consistently hit $100, $125 million, if the budget's 100, $125 million and you have to give 25 of it, to Vin Diesel, you give $25 million to Vin, Vin Diesel. Vin
0: Diesel needs to be Minsk showing up, <laughs> and Vin Diesel needs to also voice Boo, because <laughs> that's what he does, and it would be great. But just a, even if it's just a cameo, just put him in as a cameo, just Minsk in a bar scene. Sure. I was just going to argue before
3: that if you're going to have the, uh, the above-the-table scene in the beginning and the end, you
0: have to pan out when something ridiculous happens. You can't just have the two. Sure. I, I want to see multiple. Yeah. I want to see there be an epic battle in the middle of this movie and all of a sudden it stops because one person has to go to the bathroom. Oh. And like we just have all the players sit there and talk about something different and then it comes back like after 5 minutes and like goes right back into the battle. I want to I want them to embrace. And I've heard they're doing this because I've heard they said Guardian Galaxy-esque movie. That's cool. I want them to embrace the comedy and the goofiness that can be a and d game. You can still have great moments and really dramatic moments, but embrace that.
1: How, how'd you do on Michelle's math test? Oh, I didn't do well at all. My mom's going to be real mad. I'm probably <laughs> yeah, going to have to miss next exactly. <laughs>
0: week. Like, that'd be hysterical. And one, uh, you got the one kid not saying anything but just rolling the die really annoying-like that, like, every table has somebody doing. Can,
1: can you stop rolling the die? If I don't roll the die once every three minutes, I'm going to start <laughs> getting crit, like, ones, and I'm the barbarian. I can't do crit ones.
3: I think it would actually be really funny if for that scene, they stay in character in the movie, and that's <laughs> that's the in-character conversation yes. while they're waiting for their friend to come back from the bathroom. And
0: the one person that's in the bathroom is just standing
3: there yeah. motionless. Like he's AFK.
2: <laughs> 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 There's a lot of meta funny ways to do this, and I agree with what Corey said. Like, like I said, I would watch either version of this movie, but what Corey said with the beginning and the end, that's what they did in Stranger Things. Yeah, they played D and D in the beginning and they played D and D at the end. That was the only two times you had D and D, but the rest of the time, technically, you know, it was a D and D game. You know what I'm saying? It's not the best way; it's the safe way. It lets people know
1: that this is a game that people are sitting around the table, rolling dice, coming up with a story, while also limiting that break in character. When people critique actual play podcasts, they're saying that one of the big critiques usually is. I don't like when they break character. Personally, I love when they break character. I think it helps me remember that, you know, these are people playing things, you know, playing characters and that there are other things around them. Yes, I love getting lost in a story, but I also, that human element is something that we miss. It, it's the element that we, that we miss in movies because unless you're Chris Pratt and you're super down-to-earth funny, you forget that they're all regular people. You, you don't think of Liam, Liam Neeson as a regular person. Liam Neeson is an action hero who has a certain set of skills.
3: And he'll use them over and I over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, but you... For
2: the same purposes in different countries.
1: But oh, you, you, you never think of city, of Liam Neeson waking up in the morning, grabbing that pot of coffee that like, was all, like, on a timer and like sitting there like, <sighs> gotta go back to set today. Like you don't think you don't see that, so this this is a game where you can connect to the
0: people behind the characters. Maybe we don't have it be if we're embracing the ridiculous. Maybe we don't have it be like twelve year olds at a table. Maybe we have a scene on a set where Chris Pratt like pulls up a table and sets it up and throws it the bare minimum that he has in his backpack, and then we have Vin Diesel come, and he's like, yeah, I'm working on the uh, next Chronicles of Riddick movie, but I'm on break, so let's get this game going, Chris. What are you, what are you talking about?
1: This is this is on the set of Infinity Wars. Him <laughs> yeah, well, in, yeah. in, in well, and that, Groot are already thing. on then we, set. Like,
0: whoever you get for this movie, they come in, and like they mention something about the movie they're making, but we just have the actors thrown into their roles, and that would be hilarious And you switch back to them, and like they can even then say lines from Other movies they're in And just be funny Uh, So here's my question Like Matt Still think that we should Do you still think That we should have it be Just No players Dive into a setting
2: Yes, I would much rather be more Lord of the Rings. So I
0: think we can acknowledge that it's going to happen either one of those two ways, right? It's yes. going to happen that they're going to acknowledge that it's a game and have the replayers at a table and like it can be great that way, but it can also be great the other way. I would say it's harder to do it the other way, personally, where we just jump into the the setting and everything like that. If they do it that way, if they do it in a way that they are jumping into a a setting with characters that are well established and this Joe I'm going to ask you this if they were to drop you into a world if they were to drop you in a setting that you're completely unfamiliar with how do they make you care about it like how do they make you care about characters that you, because for maybe that's the thing for we don't want this movie to be something that only D&D players are like oh I love this and you are a D&D player I'm not you know yeah. uh we're all D&D players here but how do how do they how do we make it so that people who aren't D&D players are interested in lore that's already set, that characters that are already set. I
3: think it would help to make it kind of character-driven. I know personally, I get really invested in characters in the movies that I watch, so if you're able to establish a interesting protagonist, I would be on board with that pretty easily and then forgive some more of the faults if there were any.
1: Just as as a point of making it slightly more difficult, it's hard to come up with a single protagonist for a game that is, traditionally speaking, played with four to six people, right? So are you saying that there should be four to six characters and you care about the group? Because here's the question, right? Like, do you care about the Guardians of the Galaxy or do you care about Star-Lord? I
3: care about the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: So it would need to be a story where it's the Guardians that matter, not Star-Lord in the same w- er, in a similar way for a D&D. Yeah, movie.
3: because the basic concept of that would be you have this group of 4 to 6 players sitting around a table who've made their characters and they're all unique in their own way and they all have their own motivations and goals. It's it's exactly how a D&D campaign starts. I would be very interested in that, especially as long as they can split the focus between the characters well enough, I would be completely on board with that. And
1: we're we're fortunate In today, in modern day, where we've had a a bunch of ensemble movies be huge successes, um, the Avengers movies, Captain America: Civil War, Guardians volumes one and two, like they have the tape, they can go to the tape and see what works, see what doesn't work, and ensure that this works because it's crucial that it does. If they're trying to get more people into the hobby, which I fully support, Mm -hmm. they need to make it work.
2: So my thought on it is, Underworld has no backing and they just throw you into this world and they've had what four movies and people keep you know i'm saying like uh, uh, the black spandex can only get you so far before you eventually are actually listening to the story werewolves vampires like being from this one bloodline like you're invested i feel like they could definitely do that with without needing to be above the table so
1: kate Beckinsale plays a cleric
3: I agree that they could do that if they had, like, significant class differential. Like, if they had, like, the fighter and they had a bard or a mage.
1: I think that's crucial. I think what's what was a swing and a miss in the movie that we reviewed that they can really show in this is the class system. They can have the guy walking around with a loot who, like... In the midst of battle, like, strums it really hard and makes a weird dissonant sound. And that's one of his spells. Like, you can show these things. With what we got, it was like two really bad thieves, a rogue that was kind of there, a dwarf who may have been a barbarian.
3: Yeah, no one really knows. A fighter, a fighter, fighter barbarian, something barbarian. Something like that.
1: that. Something and dwarf definitely not a paladin. And no. some, something like yeah. useless. And then some sort of magic
0: user.
2: And a horrible helmet.
3: I feel like I feel like she was a wizard because she was a
0: librarian, basically. Yeah, she was. She had components. So if they're gonna have, like you're saying, Corey, like a they're gonna focus on the classic party and have there be a mage, a fighter, a rogue, whatever it is. You brought up Avengers before. Would it be a good way to go to almost take what like the marvel format and say no no no, we're not going to start them off in a party but we're going to tell the backstories of them first and say let's start off with the fighter's tale let's then go to the rogue's tale let's then go to the wizard let's bring them all together and have them meet at the a tavern at the end in the credits end scene
1: would that work two problems with that one the mcu has done a brilliant job at making each of those things an individual movie there is captain america the first adventure there is iron man 1 there is the incredible hulk thor like there are, these these are movies in and of themselves i don't think people have the patience or the time to go and see the fighter movie the paladin movie the barbarian movie which would be completely useless despite loving barbarians, it's just a terrible movie concept. That
3: is 90 minutes of rage. That's just 90 minutes of
1: rage. It's a terrible concept. We don't have that time. And if they do it that way, where they all go off and we see, like, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes of this guy, and they all come to the tavern at the end, which would suggest leading to the sequel, you've just fantastic for us, and that's never a good idea. That is not a good plan to have them... To, to have them all. What is, again, I said it when we recorded our ZTH episode, I'll say it again. What is the number one rule if you're a party member? You don't split the party. They have to be a party. That's a great point. They have to be a party a great point. for the whole time. If you want to have three of them split off to go steal some stuff and a couple of the other ones go and like, buy some stuff in the market, fine. Don't split the party. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening at home, <laughs> Stop splitting the party.
3: I agree. In the, in the movie, you have to have them functioning as a unit, and throughout that time, you give them little little moments for each character that would give them insight into their background. But you can't do four, or five separate stories and, and still expect people to be interested, and also for it to be well done. It's it's hard to do that.
0: And if they're going like they said, Guardians of the Galaxy, then. Like, if that's what they're trying to, quote-unquote, format that model it, like would a work. model, then it doesn't start out that way. Yeah. It starts, like, it does in the sense that it's going to start out that way 15 minutes into the movie. You're going to start out with probably one character, and then they all meet up, and then the hijinks and the adventure begins.
1: Guardians had a distinct advantage where two of the five members of the party were were a team prior to the party starting, to Starting, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Groot and Rocket had been working together. They're already a base. Star-Lord already knows how to work in a team because he's part of the Ravengers, and Gamora just accidentally gets wrapped up in something that she doesn't expect to get wrapped up in. Drax is just the fun little comic relief that comes in, and God bless him for that, because I love him. <laughs> He's my character. I end up. I actually watch Guardians of the Galaxy trying to figure out who's who in a D and D party. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I would. I would agree. Like, if you were going to do this movie, you'd absolutely have to have at least two of the characters already be familiar with each other, because that that's a trope that would really benefit the 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 movie in this scenario.
1: That's enough. So you can have rolling the opening credits and have. These people kind of bumping into each other. That'd be
0: great in like, the
1: town, and boom, you
2: have all of these connections. But you have backstory before you even you just get you into just weave the meet. Yeah. It's like the opening credits of Incredible Hulk, where they actually spend the time to actually do something. Or
0: like in Watchmen, where you see history yep. unfold. The, like that would that's a brilliant idea. Okay, so one of the things that I think was an issue in all the past D and D movies that I think needs to be good in this. Maybe you guys can give some input to what would be a good good thing is is one the plot as in like the bad guy or like the goal the adventure what they were going the the party had to do how do we make that into a a good movie what does the bad guy need to be like what does the adventure need to be like? we The one that we review on ZTH, I think our consensus was it just seemed like they were really trying to shoehorn in Dungeons and Dragons and just pushing that plot at us. How do we make it into a good thing?
3: We need to have some kind of motivation or evil plot that we understand. Because in that movie, there's no backstory to it. There's no reason for what he's doing, given to us, even insinuated. So that, in order to understand the adventure, we need to understand why the evil is evil.
2: What I think that movie did well, and what I think you need for a good D&D movie, is you need to be actually able to think, like, am I doing the right thing here? And then you find out through the course of the movie, like, this person is doing this thing for all these reasons that are somewhat feasible. Maybe I should do that to help them accomplish these goals. And, it, and that's the kind of quandaries that the characters should go through. It's not like Lord of the Rings where Sauron is bad and he's bad the entire time and we know that we're doing the right thing. That's the thing that D&D does is it makes you think about like, wait a second, am I on the right side here or am I just doing this thing because this guy said he'd give me gold?
1: Isn't it Possible also that we can have a BBEG without having the showdown with the BBEG. Like I don't think that you can have this movie be a one to twenty. You know they 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 need to start out at five because they need to be able to do some stuff, and it doesn't need to end at twenty. It could be a sweet spot campaign.
0: The hope is that it's great and we get sequels. Yeah, yeah.
1: We could do a sweet spot campaign where they start at five. And go to ten. Like by ten, you can see that they're, the the rogue is is being even more cunning and able to throw his knife more accurately. And the fighter isn't just swinging once, but swinging three times or or whatever it is. And then it ends. And and now you have, you've introduced the the BBEG, but you haven't necessarily beaten him. You may have even fought him and failed, and that gives you the sequel of the redemption tale, right? Where movie two, you need to go out and search for the stronger magical item or the stronger piece of equipment that's going to help you bring him down. And while that's happening, he's still weaving all of his webs to try to take over the planet. And now you have to fight main boss part dear, right? Like his second in command. And you actually beat that guy. And now you have confidence to keep grinding, beat up a because please let there be a tarrasque in this movie and then you actually have to fight the the big bad evil guy
3: i don't know about a tarrasque in the first I, movie I, I don't i don't think they're going to jump the shark that
0: early <laughs> no yeah, no, no.
1: no. what about a boulet sure yeah definitely that'd be great a at be least great. one land shark right
0: so this is going to be a Dungeons and dragons movie so what are the elements of dungeons and dragons that we want to see in this movie What's going to work? What's going to like make you excited as a DD player, as a DD fan, as DMs? What is going to b- make you be like, oh, that's awesome that that's in there? And what do you also want to see done right and done well?
1: Narratively, a spot for each one of these quote unquote players to shine. That moment where the rogue manages to like. Grab somebody and be like, no, it's a trap because they passed that check. That they were able to detect it. Yeah, they they detected the trap. That moment where the barbarian or the fighter takes out like a horde of people that are coming on. That moment where the mage is like staying back a little bit, but really focusing on whatever that spell is that they're trying to to conjure and use. Those moments are going to be crucial in making this movie good and it it says hey we are showing this movie with the mechanics that you already play with
0: i think i i need to see like matt you brought up lord of the rings lord of the rings is a fantasy movie that i don't know what day will come where those special effects won't hold up it's done so well. Because they do practical. Uh, the practical is amazing. And so one of the reasons why so much of that movie works so well is because you look at, like, the orcs and stuff, and you're like, this looks like it could be a real thing. And I want to see that. Like, we haven't gotten that in any of the d movies so far. And part of that is, like, when they were made and, and the money they have. But it's like, I also don't need to see orcs. We've seen orcs in Lord of the Rings. We've seen orcs in other movies. Like, I want to see, like lizard folk done well. I want to see, like, rust monsters coming up, like, but looking well done and looking frightening. Like, looking like that would be scary to run into. And we need them dropped in in a good way. We need, like, that Lord of the Rings, like, travel... Music coming, and you see them crossing uh, misty mountains and things like that. But drop drop dropping like a scene where like this party is fighting, and like there's lizard men coming out in the rain, and they're just beasting them and cutting them up. But like encampment of
1: knolls just sitting there, like munching on something.
0: Yeah, like we need classic D and D monsters that look good and look scary.
2: Industrial light and magic, and 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 Jim Henson. That's who they got to ping. What a workshop! Oh my yeah, What a man!
1: That that moment where they're setting up camp for the first time, and the first guy sets up watch, and an Albear comes out of nowhere and just starts oh. starts like and, I don't know what. And what an noise Bear would be great
0: for fans, but it might be really weird for people who don't know D D. I don't like, care. I feel I like you'd care. just be like, "What the heck is that?" Now, if we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, cool that's thing. great. You can do that so well. Like, you hear a, hoo hoo and then, like, people Whoa. just sitting there normally, and then all of a sudden, an owl bear comes out.
2: See, that's Better a,
1: than a bugbear, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah bugbears are the
2: worst. Uh, <laughs> see, that's what I want, is I want the wink and the nudge. Like, that's what I want. I want Lord of the Rings style, but winks and nudges. So, I want Matt Mercer, Chris Hartwick, Vin Diesel, Matthew Lillard, Joe Manganiello. I want those people to be in the movie and to be starring in the movie And it just to be an adventure with them as the stars. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, some lady folk in there as well i was but about to say <laughs> definitely i'm def- gonna hope they really include definitely yeah, some other some other people lady. in there but those are the ones that came off the top of my head because they're like the champions of the genre right now joe do
0: you have any like good because yeah, that was my next question who do we want to see in this movie do you have any good like female like well female the obvious choice would be like felicia day or something mm.
2: oh right felicia day yeah, yeah, yeah
0: yeah if we're going guardians we can do that if we're going serious,
2: I think Felicia Day can rock a serious role. She did serious not roles as a in main Buffy.
0: character. I don't think. I don't think she's okay. okay but but Felicia, take, Day, but, if you're listening, <laughs> take, come on, you DM's certainly locked. you can
1: <laughs> take into consideration that if you have people like Matt Mercer, Joe Manganiella, and Vin Diesel making up three fifths of your party, and Felicia Day is one of the fourths, it's fine that she's funny. You need comic sure, relief, sure. so that's fine. And there's always that one player at the table that does something ridiculous for no particular reason. Who, like, we're walking down the streets. I magic missile that guy. Why do you magic missile? I I, I did it. It happened. It's a cantrip. I used it. Boom. <laughs> like, whatever. whatever. Like, you know what I mean. Like, these things happen. So you can have that comic relief. You need that comic relief. You need Drax. You need Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. So we well, get Dave Bautista
3: as <laughs> a barbarian.
2: I was going to say, did any of you guys watch <laughs> okay. the stream of Annihilation? Because there was a couple, there was a girl on the uh, on the stream when they were playing with uh, Mike Merles as the GM. And she was pretty good. She played a, a young halfling fighter. So she was like a 12-year-old halfling. And it was very funny. Like She's like, I'm the strongest guy here. <laughs> and then Joe Manganiello was a dragonborn paladin <laughs> of Tiamat, Riding a manticore And I was like What is this party? <laughs> <laughs> and that fits Guardians of the Galaxy so right, I exactly. what, like, I was like, That's true this? Like
0: let's make it be Like the most Ridiculous yeah. party uh, exactly. Ever
2: it was a really fun game, and Mike Throwing Merles is a fantastic DM, and I really want him to come to a catacomb. Boom! But there,
0: there you go. That's one thing that I want to see. I need to see. They obviously they're not going to be like main roles, but I want to see cameos on screen of Mike Merles being the bartender. I want Chris Perkins to show up in the background as Minsk or or something along those lines. I want to see the people who are making this stuff happen. Uh, Greg Tito, like all like the people who are making the game get rich baker on there you better have ed greenwood in this movie Rob somewhere in the background like as you you you're panning through the tavern and you have ed greenwood as, like, this wizard in this kooky old outfit, and he's telling the story of his adventures to three uninterested people, like, who are just sitting there, like, one's asleep, and he's like, and then I slayed the dragon. Like, that would be amazing. I want that. That's your Stan Lee in the movies. You need those people
1: Ac- uh, And according to Reddit, Eddie Izzard also loves D&D.
0: He's so versatile. Uh, yeah. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Like, we, there's so many people Tim that Duncan, you ask not, them, they're in this movie. By for sure, they're in it.
2: If in Dreamcast, Dreamcast, not the video game system, <laughs> calm down, Adam. <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs>
0: Matt's
3: quote unquote Dreamcast.
2: <laughs> the Dreamcast for everyone here, Robin Williams is in this forever in our hearts. Mm. As a genie. As, <laughs> as every
3: role in the party.
2: As every role, done. And then uh, I said to,
0: oh man. Oh man, Robin Williams, you could have like a scene where they run into like a group of goblins and he voices every goblin in the party. Oh with a different voice. It would be amazing. Voice. Oh
1: jack black is a big fan of D too i i he might be one of the first i would
3: imagine he's going to be in it if yeah but, directing.
1: but he might be one of the first people that we've come up with on this list that i'm like yeah maybe i'll put him in
0: you know jack black could do a good job in this movie but he cannot be he's the he comic relief guy yeah he, yeah exactly he can't be one of the main there, it's not like i hate everything jack yeah. black does are jack su- black does some good stuff are you
1: suggesting you should play a dwarf
0: I w- I didn't s- said nothing of the sort. Corey. <laughs> I, w- I would actually gnome. strongly prefer a he doesn't gnome. play a
2: gnome. Jack Black plays the gnome. There it is.
0: I say he's a merchant, or an NPC, <laughs> yeah. or. He is the wannabe adventurer that follows them around everywhere, He's like and the they rookie. don't want him yeah. to be part of their party. <laughs> like he's like the wannabe squire. Please take me with you. He's the. Bar- I'd be cool He's with the that. bard. He's totally the bard. <laughs> I he's stayed up all night and defended the camp. He, he's the bard, and we have a scene where he meets another bard, and it's Kyle from, of course, Tenacious it's Kyle D, Gass, yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like they, they, they
2: just f- go off. He leaves in that movie. That's where he. That's his exit. So.
1: Judy Dench plays D and D because Vin Diesel taught her how to play D&D.
2: On Chronicles of Riddick.
1: On the Chronicles of Riddick. But that's a big name. That's a big name. People recognize phenomenal What well, would she actress. be great as, Corey? I think that she would be fantastic as the person who is giving the party direction. She's the person that's sending them out on their quest, and whenever they need help, they have some sort of resonance stone. Ah! Huh? To call back to her and be like, okay, we, we we got through the dungeon and we found the thing. What do we do now? Good. You found the sacred stone. Now, go ahead and walk about a five-week walk and find this other place where you get a staff. And when you put the two together, you'll finally have the piece of, like, weaponry that'll actually, you know, get through like the magical shields that are stopping you from doing what you have to do. Like she would be awesome as like this like overlord like, like kind of pulling the yeah, M.
0: Or or I was gonna say like a high priestess. So yeah, high or, priestess. Or even priestess. like a queen or even
2: some lesser like I was gonna say Big Bad. O- I think official. I think Judy Jench would be a great big bad too. But she, wouldn't could, that be she awesome? could be a
0: mix. She could be but the wouldn't... queen and then you find but out. But she's that's the thing the
2: <laughs> She could start out as the good guy and then halfway through you're like She's a monster. She's a, or a doppelganger. She some kind she's of pulling item that
3: turns her evil.
1: Well, well like she's pulling all the strings, and she's saying that you need to find these like s- four or five different things that are going to help you defeat who you think is the big bad. But when you put them together, you're actually just like unleashing all of her power because like forever ago she was like stopped by the, like this group of like wizards, and they like destroyed her and took. Pieces of her, of her power and, and like it. put it, and now you're putting them back together for her. That
2: is an epic story. You're welcome, Wizards of the.
0: Co- Patent pending. <laughs> all right, concluding thoughts. Do we have any concluding thoughts about what we want to see with this movie?
2: I would
1: love for them to send us the script so that we can edit it and make sure <laughs> that it's okay. No, seriously, in all seriousness, I just want them to hold true to s- to the source material and. and- Show us that it's a game, whether they do it via cutscenes, whether they do it via leveling up. Sh- give us something that reminds us that people are rolling a dice on the table.
0: I'll piggyback over that and say, to me, this is going to be a perfect movie if we do that like we do Princess Bride, Lego movie, those kind of cut scenes where we are acknowledging that it's a game. And I just I just want to, like, see a game played out on screen and just be like, dang, that was a good D&D game, a good story was told, there were many, many laughs, and now I can tell my friend who said, I'll never play Dungeons & Dragons, go watch this movie because you'll kind of understand the amazingness that goes on at a table.
3: I would love to see a clear division of the classes, so that would bring in more of the, like the Lord of the Rings audience. Where you'd be able to see what each character brings to the table and also some kind of tongue in cheek level up moment.
0: Yes.
2: I would say don't be afraid to go low fantasy with it. So, a la Game of Thrones, where there's no magic until the end of the first season, like go ahead and, for instance, just make them ride around on giant birds. Like, never have a horse in it and 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 you don't have to worry about having dragons because you might not have the budget to make a good dragon. Just get muppets to make good giant terror birds for them to ride on and all of a sudden it's the weirdest fantasy anyone's ever seen.
1: What's crazy is that I'm barely new to D&D relative to a, a couple really everybody else at the table. And when I tell my friends from home, "Hey, I'm 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 in love with D&D. I play D&D a lot. I'm working on things related to D now they're like bro you wrestled in high school how, how are you dipping down into like that level of it i'm like you don't understand man Look like my
0: strength feats like <laughs> yeah well yo i'm a grappler we, we acted it, out it, we still wrestle yeah <laughs> it,
1: if you just understood what it is to play the game and how it was to to create something from nothing like You would get it, and this is this is that this is can be that bridge, and I'm hoping that it can be.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Masters Block. We hope that you've enjoyed this definitely different episode where we got to talk about what we all hope can happen for this new upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. If you want to email us and tell us a little bit about what you think would be great about a new Dungeons and Dragons movie, you can reach us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. If you like the show, we would love it if you were to go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. We will read it on air as we did with the two at the beginning of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMsBlock. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places are great places to go for updates about the show. We have a Patreon Dragon of the Week. And this week's Patreon Dragon shout-out goes to... Christopher McCauley. Christopher McCauley.
1: Christopher McAuliffe. Christopher McAuliffe.
3: Christopher,
0: McAuliffe. Christopher, McAuliffe. Christopher McAuliffe. Wow, that was really good. Thank you so much, Christopher McAuliffe. Christopher McAuliffe is a gold dragon, so thank you so much, Christopher McAuliffe, for your support on our Patreon. It helps us keep making the show better. We appreciate it so much. The Dungeon Master's Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like... Geek Wars. The GM Showcase. We're So Bad at Adventuring. And more. Well, that's it for the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master.
2: The most important person in the game.
0: The
1: only person capable of playing God. Killing characters.
0: And lowering the egos of all other people at the table. Well, Joe, you know what that means. No, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm going to tell you what that means. You're going to say, yes, I do. And then you're going to say, let's head to the meat.
3: When I'm going to say, yes, I do. You are going to say, yes, <laughs> okay. I do. And you're then gonna, I'm going to add this it's like bloopers acting. later. bloopers <laughs> later.
2: It's like acting.
3: Yep. Yes, I do. Let's head into the meat.
2: Perfect. I'm starving. <laughs> I ain't have nothing but Maggie bread for three stinking days. Yeah. Why can't we have some meats? Looks like meats back on the menu, boys. <laughs> 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 You're welcome, Joe. It <laughs> it's uh, all that's a-
3: Goodbye.